I'm sorry about this afternoon. That, no, please, no, please, everyone be quiet. Let me just say, it's unacceptable. Today was unacceptable, but the season has been very acceptable. And, uh, And I'll tell you, the season isn't over, all right? This is the Five Point Play Podcast. And if there are any left, the Die Hard Duke Basketball Fan Podcast, there's a lot of haters right now. And you know what? Half of me gets it, but look, when we're down, you got to stick with us. That's just the, that's the nature of the beast. And it's not, AC, it's not the ending that we deserve, but it might be the ending that this team needed. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, you know, we, we've had a bunch of close losses. A lot of times in close losses, you don't necessarily learn anything because you're like, oh, you know, you made a shot here or there, you win the game. So you just kind of go back to do all the things you did. When you get humiliated like that, and especially when like, like the entire nation is watching, the entire nation is rooting against you, and and hoping that you lose on top of everything else that was going into that weekend, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah, man, like may, maybe this is the learning loss that we actually needed. I, I hate learning losses and it, I don't like that phrase, but it is what it is sometimes. And maybe that's what this is. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, let's talk about that weekend. You know, ACU obviously were at the game, uh, but we were both down there, um, you know, took in the festivities. The game day experience was awesome. Having yeah. so many former players there and being able to run into them was great. Jack, what did it what did it look like from your perspective? You know, how did it show on TV? Did you kind of feel the emotion coming through? Um, you know, just watching it. Just the whole the whole day was emotional. Obviously, um, unfortunately, I didn't have a chance to see game day, but seeing everyone when I was able to get near a TV for the uh, the pregame, everything and just watching, seeing all the former players, Coach K walking out through that line. I, I did get a little bit emotional. Just after every basket, seeing them switch over to uh, to behind the Duke bench, seeing like Mike Dunleavy, seeing JJ mm-hmm. Reddick, seeing Kenny Denard, shout out to him, seeing seeing Jay Will, seeing Kyle Singler, who I've not seen on like on TV since uh, probably since he got released by the thunder and like seeing him next to christian leitner just the those two guys two uh most outstanding players in the ncaa tournament a lot of greatness right there it was just incredible says a lot about coach k his longevity and his greatness yeah i mean ac there was 96 was a 96 former players that were there (laughs) uh you know you i saw you dapping them up uh yeah i mean you know uh, your hand has to be hurting after all the daps that you gave uh yesterday but what was it what was your favorite part of of the entire experience i mean i i don't know that i can wrap up like a favorite part like i mean honestly like one of the like because of because of how I was feeling, like the, the nervous energy I had before the game and everything, get like I got down to do Thursday, hung around on on campus on Friday a little bit, like just just being on the campus, like walking like through like the Duke Gardens was just like that was cool, like for me, I was just like a minute to like reflect and like just be at peace and like have like your emotions in check, but like a minute you stepped over by camera and it was like the place was vibrating on like on Friday even like the students are in class, but still like the energy 
they moved the tents over to the football stadium, but like the students were still back and forth. It was, it was crazy, but I mean, nothing beats, I mean, we were joking about it and at, at the Washington Duke, like you couldn't swing a, a dead cat without hitting the player, <laughs> like just walking around and talking to somebody like we were trying to get out of there to go to the game and just kept running to, to players that you want to dap up and give, you know, yeah. shake hands with and stuff. So it, it, it was nuts, man. It was, that was so cool. And then to actually see a Duke UNC game in camera, regardless of the result. I mean, the place was on fire. Like the energy was crazy. There was nothing like it. The one, maybe the one disappointment that I had with that whole thing, like not once, not once was there an Our House chant, not once was there a Go to Hell Carolina chant, which I thought was weird. I thought that was strange. Yeah, you know, I, I don't understand that either. Uh, you know, there was a light Go to Hell Carolina chant um, at game day, but that was pretty yeah, much it. Yeah, you know, just at game day, yeah, during yeah. one of the breaks. Yeah, uh, so that that was kind of odd to, uh, to, to not hear that. But, uh, you know, let's, let's talk about, um, you know, just Coach K. Uh, he was obviously emotional before that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack, you know, kind of watching it, you know, it, it was it's almost impossible as a Duke fan not to you know, be emotional when you're watching a guy that has put his blood, sweat, and tears in this, his entire family in this, for 42 years. Uh, just talk about your emotions watching Coach K. You already talked about it, walking through that line, that tunnel of, of former players. You know, I, I don't know how to sum it up. I don't even know how to ask the question. It's just, it's, it, it was surreal to me, Jack. It was surreal. No, you're right. It, it was surreal. It's, it's players from his first to his most recent season mm-hmm. just lined up. A couple of guys actually from even before Coach K there to appreciate greatness, yeah. yeah, which amazed me. Just that obviously they have they have care about the program, having gone through it themselves. But the amount of people that came through for Coach K just because he's that important to them, mm-hmm. it's amazing. And like you, you saw how Coach K was before the game, trying to take it all in and keep his composure. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was he, kind of in the same boat. And, I'm not gonna lie. It was yeah, nice. you know, he, yeah, like he, you know, Coach K talked about before the game AC about you know being in character, mm-hmm. but he was he wasn't. It's yeah, impossible. Yeah. I, I just don't know how you could you could be. No, and the fact it, that that comment actually struck me because the fact that he even had to say that, and he said it again in his press conference after the game, and he, he even said a few other kind of candid things that he usually doesn't let loose. Yeah. You know, in, in those press conferences, usually it's you know come some very measured answers, but there are some things he was saying about. How he, he's glad that it's over. He wasn't able to, you know, get his team you know, focused in the way they need to be focused. They weren't hungry after knowing that they won the ACC. Some of the other things that he was saying that he was unable to do for them leading up to this game is indicative of how big that weekend was in terms of how just how outlandish of a weekend it was. And, you know, how could it not be like the celebration of, of his career and all that, but you could absolutely tell it was an absolute distraction. And I know people were trying to say this can't, that can't be an excuse. It can't be a distraction, but it really was. And it was also yeah. something that galvanized UNC and, and they yep. really took that to heart too. Yeah, they did. Uh, it's tough because, you know, you, you want it so bad. Uh, and think about how, you know, three of us, you know, diehard fans, we wanted it so bad. I can only imagine uh, the level that the Shashesky family, uh, Coach mm-hmm. K specifically, those players, the former players, how bad they wanted it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not to be hyperbolic, but it, it, it's just crushing. You know, it's yeah. crushing. And so, 
you know. Oh, he was mad too. You can tell he was yeah, mad at the end. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, I mean, Jack, I mean, when he he uh, impromptu stepped up to the mic and said, "This is this is unacceptable." I mean, I I was kind of like, "Oh shit," you know. I did not want. I did. I would not want to have been the the players at that point. No, nah, it's it isn't acceptable. The players knew that. I don't know if you saw. There was a photo. Of some uh, someone took. I think it was a reporter of just the bench yeah. behind Coach K, the players all just sitting, heads in their hands. And Jeremy was, Roach looked like he was crying. Wendell yeah. had his head down. And everyone, they, they legitimately looked like a team that had just been knocked out of the tournament. Yeah, and there's some videos that are going around that are kind of out of context. Like the, the camera caught, just happened, like he was talking, and he, he started, he was addressing everyone, the players, his family, the Cape Crazies. There's something that was taken out of context. Like, I, I don't know if it was just, they were trying to release some emotion or what, but Jeremy and Trevor and Wendell were all together and they were kind of like giggling about something when coach K was talking, essentially addressing the team, but not addressing the, just addressing the team indirectly. And somebody caught that, but it, that's not a, like people saw that and they were like, Oh, they don't clearly don't take the losses seriously. That wasn't fair because when you saw them come out, number one, they had to sit on UNC's bench while all this was going on, which I don't know if that was on purpose on or if that was a message or what but they had to sit on the visitor's bench while he was doing a speech which that had to suck and like jeremy and trevor were distraught like they were sitting there on the bench like it the towels over their heads and heads hanging down between their knees and like absolute shame like they were totally distraught so that that wasn't a fair i saw that video uh, that wasn't a fair assessment about what was happening with them yeah yeah i mean i don't want to really harp on a lot of these twitter fans and and things like that a lot of uh, oh man, a lot of these Duke fans out there, I mean, get get your shit right, man. Like these kids, they're eighteen and twenty two years old. Mm-hmm. You know, they're putting it all out there and to put all the weight. It's basically the weight of the world. I mean, those tickets are going for six thousand dollars a piece yeah. uh, on average. Like, and you're calling these people losers and you know shameful and and mm-hmm. you know this team sucks and all. Just relax, like. Yeah. You know, you can understand the weight of the world on these players and what happened. So, um, you know, just knock it off. It's not funny. It's not cool. You're you're a loser when you do that shit. So, you know, whatever. But and I would, in that same vein, yeah. I would like to say real, just real quick before we move on, like they have they have faced this pressure now, like legitimately. And this is not even I'm not joking. The NCAA tournament should be easy. Like the the media circus that that is, it's that should be easy compared to this. If yeah. if we're really being honest, oh, that's yeah. way less pressure than this. I yeah. I can't uh, I agree. like. Yeah, I don't want to sound crazy, but that's way less pressure than this. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. to mention, like, Kay did say that the loss was unacceptable. But you know what he said right after, right? He said that this season has been acceptable. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that's a good point, Jack. And and he also said the season's not over. Um. It was a good season, you know. We, we, we sixteen and four. Uh, we won the ACC regular season. Let's talk about the game. Let's talk about the game. Yeah. Let's play. Uh, you know, ACC. We have talk. to. <laughs> yeah, we got no because we got to own it. We got to own it. And uh, there, there are a lot of parts to this game. Um, but AC, you, you, you noted that it's not really so much X's and O's for you. Um, but you know, we were talking offline. In the last 10 minutes and 30 seconds, UNC put up 38 points. You know, yeah. how, did that, how did that happen? Running the same play over and over and over again. Like, and then when we finally kind of adjusted to it, we over-rotated and then left Brady Manic open for threes left and right. And it was like, 
like this 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 wasn't this was not a battle of X's and O's. This was strictly a battle of who's focused, who has the will, who's not tired, who can handle it, and UNC handled it. They had like honestly, their their motivation was bigger than our motivation in that game. Like they were way more motivated than we were to ruin K's night than we were to save his night. That's really what it felt like. I mean, like we can, you know, X's and O's be damned. You know, for 30 minutes or so, we we had mainly had control of that game, and then we just yeah. lost complete control. Yeah, we were up what 50, 61 to 56 with about mm-hmm. 10 and a half minutes to go, and then they just took the game over. We got tight jack on both offensively and defensively. Uh, break it down for me, though. Uh, what did you see out there, Jack? I saw a team that had the worst defensive night of their season on the worst possible night. They couldn't guard a ball screen for their lives. And like AC said, it's the worst, worst time to have it. Like I said, but like AC said, again, it's just eventually adjusting over rotating and Mannix wide open for three. Yeah. This is literally a player. Game. Like, you know what's I, crazy I though? What's that? You look at the numbers. Yeah, Carolina made, yeah. made and took one less shot than Duke. They made two yeah. more threes than Duke. Mm-hmm. Carolina yes. shot 19 for 22 from the line. Duke was six for eight. That's the difference in the game. Yeah. yeah. That's the and difference. We've been, and we've been a beneficiary of, of that type of free throw discrepancy or whatever. But, you know, this, this night, that's, that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happened. That's the difference in the game. I, I will say that the Baycott, yep. the Baycott yeah. block that should have been a charge was oh, the sure. That shot. was a horrible but, I mean, look at that. Like, we lost by 13. They, they made 13 more free throws. And, you know, like to your point, though, Jack, you know, Baycott, that's his third foul, comes out of the game. He never picked up another foul the entire night. Nope. Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of physicality going uncalled. There was a lot of questionable calls. I'm not blaming the officiating. No. Duke, Duke lost mm-hmm. that game. Yeah, Duke lost. I'm not think, blaming the they... officials in, in any sense of the word. I'm just saying there was a lot of uncalled contact and there were a lot of questionable calls against Duke. Like Theo John, for example, that block he had, that was mm-hmm. all ball, that was called a foul. Yep. It's just the, the thing I – first thing that comes to mind there have been again there's a few yeah i mean i you said it in a different way for me though i i, I felt i thought duke lost that game unc didn't go out there and win it easy am i wrong in saying that well yeah they hit their um, shots didn't, didn't credit but we hated that we, we we could have easily stretched that we had multiple times in that game first half and second half where we had a chance to you know really stretch that lead and take it over and one of the big ones is in the last 45 50 seconds of the first half you know, we're up eight, and they scored the last six points in the first half to cut it to a two-point lead going mm-hmm. into the half. That's huge for them. Yeah, I mean, we were on. We took. We had a fourteen-zero run over the course of four minutes, and then they came back with a huge run to end that half. It's I, I, I actually I disagree a little bit. I think I think okay. UNC did go and take and win that game. I think they took it by they UNC did exactly what they needed to do to give themselves a chance to win, which was we're gonna exploit the pick and roll. We're going to continue to drive it down your throat and we're, until, we're just not going to stop, stop it though. Right. 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 And, and we just never stopped it. That's, yeah. that's where it's on us to take the game back and actually stop that. But we didn't do that. We didn't do that to end the game. So they did, they absolutely did take that game from us and win that game. And that was a player's game. I keep seeing that Hubert out coached K and everything else. He didn't, he didn't because if we stopped the pick and roll three times in a row, that team was toast. They were done. Because once he, once we stopped the pick and roll three times, they were gonna they were gonna leave it alone. They were gonna lose it and have to force Hubert to coach and do something different. We never did that. 
We never stopped what they were doing. So he didn't have to coach. So Hubert didn't yeah. win that game as a coach. Yeah. I'm sorry he didn't. People keep saying it. He outcoached K. That is not what happened. They ran. That is horrible coaching, in my opinion. He ran the same damn play over and over again. But he didn't have to do anything else. That's that's also good coaching, I guess, because he didn't he didn't outcoach himself. He didn't he didn't outcoach. He didn't get yeah. He didn't get he didn't get in the way. He didn't yeah. get in the way. Yeah. If it works, exactly. it's it's not bad coaching. That was a, that was a player's game. It, it became a player's game, and their players were more motivated to win that game and destroy K's night than we were motivated to keep K's night intact. That's really how I look at it. Yeah, go ahead, Jack. I mean, Hubert called the same play, like he said repeatedly. It was, it might not have even been him calling it, but if it works, mm-hmm. you're not going to stop until it doesn't. Exactly, exactly. Duke never like, stopped it. Exactly, yeah. Duke never Why would Paulo keep dancing and, and trying to do everything he was doing when the beginning of the game was working for what he was doing? He was putting his shoulder down and going to the basket and saying, Leaky oh. Black, you can't stop me. Brady Manic, you can't stop me. Not a single one of you dudes in, in light blue can stop me today. He did that the whole first right. half. Ugh, I don't God, know why that started. I don't know why that stopped. And then suddenly it's like AJ Griffin. AJ AJ was not, so quiet. He cannot dribble right. He's a right-handed player. It's the wildest thing. We talked about this before when we were kind of breaking down AJ. AJ dribbles left, but shoots right. It's 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 hard to defend and it's really crazy, but he can't dribble right. And now that's starting to bite him in the ass because he he was <laughs> he had to dance so much every time he caught the ball, he couldn't do anything yeah. with it. And then he was just stuck. He was just giving the ball up. That was, that was such a bad night for him. Like our our stars didn't do what we needed to do, whereas UNC's quote unquote stars each had 20 points. They scored for the whole team. Like, yeah, I, I thought AC that it was going to take a uh, monumental effort for and at minimum two of their players, probably three. But, you know, people give Kay a hard time about playing a short bench. Hubert only played his starters. I mean, the, mm-hmm. that's the, the, the reality of the situation. And they mm-hmm. have four guys with 20 plus. I mean, Kevin Love has a horrible shooting night, but yet, you know, he goes 12 from 12 from the line. Right. So he puts up 22. I want to focus on Duke real quick, though, for, for both of you guys. I saw when we got when it got tight, you know, we're up 61-56, 10 and a half to go. We start getting tight and we start reverting back to ISO ball. We already talked about the defensively, uh, what happened there. So AC talk about offensively, how do we stop from when things get tight, when the you know pressure mounts, stop going to ISO ball, start moving the ball around and, and try to work for good shots. You know, I don't think there's not enough timeouts that you can call as a coach to tell them that but what do you how do we rectify that because now when coach k says we're zero and zero now mm-hmm. we got we got two more chances so how do we uh you know avoid doing that again i don't think we do i, I don't I, that's the thing I don't, I don't think we're gonna avoid iso ball that that this team that that is what this team has now been they've they've set their foundation on and and if we're really being honest that's what k has throughout the year set his foundation on is empowering his star and great how he phrases it his great players to to play the music you know he always uses that that reference jazz and everything else they play the music and all that he empowers his stars to do that so he's he empowers Paulo to do that he implores AJ to try to go out and do it he wants Trevor to do it. he wants those guys to do that and he's he set the offense offense up in a way for them to do that yes I, I think the beginning of games is where we're going to see most of those assists come from and things like that but as the game moves on and situations get tight and stuff you are going to see him go to give our best player the ball and let him score, which I don't think is a bad strategy. That's, that's NBA strategy. I don't think it's a bad strategy. The problem comes when your star players aren't getting 
good shots or aren't aren't they aren't handling the moment well again we just talked about Paulo to begin the game he handled the moment so well because just like Gonzaga just like we saw him do against Kentucky he was just taking it at dudes but then to end that game he was going side to side instead of going up and down he wasn't moving vertically on the court he was moving horizontally and you don't want that like that's you're all you're doing is moving into rotated defense like that's it's terrible offense at that point Mm -hmm. so why he stopped doing that I don't know because UNC did not they did not do anything to stop him from what he wanted to do. They didn't double him. They didn't bring extra help. They didn't do any of that. He could have continued to do what he did, but he just didn't. He just he got cute, honestly. And then Trevor, you saw how inefficient Trevor was. Yeah. Trevor was very inefficient today. He wasn't, he attacked the basket early in the game. Awesome. Then he stopped doing that. And we reverted to, like you said, shooting three. So it's we didn't revert to ISO ball necessarily. We reverted to just just taking settled shots. I, I can't get past him, so I'm just gonna shoot it from here. That's what we did, and that's what I don't like. That's the thing that I don't like that this team does, and that's what young teams do a lot. But uh, you you almost have to be bored with greatness. Continue to do what works over and over and over again, and that's why I say sometimes being humiliated like this will make you stop doing the things that don't work, and and hopefully that's what happens after this loss. Well, I'm hoping that the team uh, just listened to you there because that seemed like a pretty motivational <laughs> uh, speech that she gave. <laughs> But okay, look, yeah, but we, we did take the L, so we're 26 and 5. Obviously, we, we had already locked up the ACC regular season. Jack, uh, in terms of NCAA seeding, I, I think is it, is it fair to say that the one, any one, any shot at a one seed is kind of out the door? I mean, depending on how other teams do this week, I believe it is. Um, Duke has to, I think, even a two seed, Duke has to win the ACC tournament. I agree. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I'm not gonna, I'm no, not gonna try I mean, to share Cody. That's that's yeah. how I feel. That's, yeah, that's how they've been placing us all season. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to talk about the ACC being down, you know, at this point, you can't lose the ACC tournament, right? Yeah, uh, we talked about what the uh, South Carolina, Greenville, you know, playing South Carolina in the second round with UNC playing right ahead of us, like that. People mm-hmm. forget, you know, you, you always hear the, the garbage. Oh, well, Kate can't win with you know. X amount of McDonald's All-Americans or Duke guys the easy path. So which one is it? Uh, you know, you can't have it both ways, but that's, that's you know, that's the bed that we lie in. Um, we can't get in a situation, Jack, where we're in Philadelphia with Villanova. I'm sorry. I don't want to be in Philadelphia with Villanova. <laughs> I know you want that because you're going to be there, but. So I, I do. I live about eight miles from Villanova's campus and. Yeah, there's a lot of people, not necessarily in the city of Philadelphia, but in the suburbs that are very big Villanova basketball fans. They're also Penn State football fans. So you can see you can see just what kind of uh, kind of fans they are, but they will be there. They will be at the game and they will be rooting as hard as possible for a Villanova team that Duke would probably get uh, matched up against in the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight. I'm not... (laughs) I can't say that I don't think Duke will have a ton of people show out because every time I go to games in Philly or New York, I see so many, so many Duke fans that travel up from Philly and like obviously New York and they, they go to games in both places. Cameron North is MSG. But again, like JJ Reddick broke the ACC scoring record against Temple when Temple basketball was still oh, yeah. relevant was at what is now the Wells Fargo center. I was there too. It was, it was a great experience. And there were so many Duke fans there. I was not that old, but I remember seeing more blue than red in that crowd. 
Yeah, I mean, everybody was there, obviously, to, to see right up, you know, break the scoring record, um, which, by the way, he should still have, but um, that's an off-season conversation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, I, I agree with you guys. I think, you know, AC, what's the best, best case scenario here? Yeah, we win the ACC tournament, mm-hmm. get the th- two or three in Chicago. We win the ACC tournament, I think, will be – will be the top, if not one of the top two seats, because you still have Baylor and Kansas are gonna, they're gonna have to eat each other in their tournament. Somebody is gonna lose early in their tournament. Just one of those inexplicable losses that happens. Hopefully it's not us. But some, that is gonna happen to somebody in that top six to seven range. So Shout out to Houston for losing today to Memphis. Right. Right. So so that that helps to Houston drop in there. So some, somebody is going to lose between now and and the end of these conference tournaments that could help Duke, especially if we do win our tournament or at least make it to the final. So I, I, we got to get to the final. Let's get to the final. We, we got, we should want to win every game anyway from here on out, but let's, let's get to the final. And then we'll, we'll the, you know, the chips will kind of fall as they may, but I, I think we will end up with a two. I, I don't think we'll finish as a three. Uh, um, we're going to get to the preview. So maybe I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to table that. I'm going to table that because I, I don't want to spoil that, but let me ask you this real quick. Uh, is there anyone out there, we talked about Villanova, is there anybody out there that you don't want to see in the Elite Eight Sweet 16? Uh, like if, if I'm thinking as a player, I don't want to think like that. But as a fan, sure, it makes me nervous to play Villanova because of how relentless they are with their drives and attacts. Yeah. And how they continue we to played them in a secret scrimmage, though. We did. We did. <laughs> we, True, we, Jack. We supposedly smashed them. But, you know, as the season progresses, they, you know, teams improve. Villanova has vastly improved throughout their season. And they've kind of got gone back to what makes those Jay Wright Villanova teams dangerous in a tournament, which is just relentless attack. And and Arizona does the same exact thing. Not great skilled, not not the best shooting team out there or anything like that, but they are just relentless. They just don't stop. And they're fast and they're athletic. Like those those types of teams worry me with this Duke team because of what we saw against Carolina. They continue to just show like and, and it kind of is the same thing that Florida State did and Miami. Keep attacking, keep attacking. UVA did the same thing. Keep attacking. Keep getting twos. You don't need threes. Like we, we are a great three-point defensive team, but when teams attack us the way they do, in those two-point ranges, like it's we we don't handle it well. So that 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 does worry me. Those two teams worry me in that regard. Speaking of uh, people that are coming back, um, my same way there. Um, so <laughs> I want to talk about uh, Jack. You know, we heard. We've talked about this on the podcast before, you know, with Joey Baker. We, the three of us, I think, all thought there's no chance he's coming back. But then reports were coming out on Durham on Friday that he was going to talk to the coaches and that he was definitely coming back. And there's no senior night festivities because not because, you know, they wanted to interrupt uh, pay, but because, you know, they don't typically honor the grad transfer um, seniors. And Joey apparently is sticking around now. Is that the case? That's what the reports say. Um, I don't. I don't have any inside knowledge of Joey Baker. Uh, I hate to disappoint, but <laughs> I don't. And I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if he came back. Honestly, I think he would be a great mentor for a guy like Jaden Shoot. And I think that. I just think he's not going to be. He's not going to be a low value piece next year. I think Duke's going to need a guy with leadership and experience and shooting on the team next year. And I, I think he's going to be able to provide that for coach Shire, especially during a transitional transitional period for the whole team. Yeah. So there, there was a cool moment on Friday. I was standing around the, the game day set that was set up in Kayville and Joey comes walking by 
and he was headed to Schwartz Butters and some, you know, some random fan was like, hey, Joey, where are you headed? And he was like, he, he kind of smiled. And he's like, I'm going here to talk, to talk about coach about next year. And then everybody was like, oh, and, you know, and then he, he walked on or whatever. And then, you know, some fan wanted a picture and all this other stuff. But he, he said that. And then no sooner than like an hour and a half, two hours later, I think Jack and our group text, you texted and said, hey, Joey's coming back. And it was reported on by Matt Lor- uh, Norlander, I believe. So that that actually was a pretty cool moment. So I can I can only assume that that's what that meant. And Jeremy Roach, I mean, we gotta assume that he's coming back, ain't he? Yeah, yeah. I, w- I would assume he's coming back. I would assume Jalen Blake's coming back at this point. I mean, yeah. you know, transport four being what it is, but yeah. So I, I would assume those guys are all coming back. Any any surprises though? Uh, you know, Wendell. Uh, I, I I don't want to say Keels, but. Uh, I right. think all those guys are gone, right? I would assume so. It, I think some of it depends on how they play in the tournament. Yeah, I, I think that's going to dictate some of it because you know now now with the NIL, you do have the opportunity to make money. So if there's a chance that you you can work on your game in the NBA, like that, you know, let's dispel that notion that you can't. But if Wendell or somebody's getting you know a second round promise or whatever but not any first round promises or something then that might be a case where you see the nil works out and that that's what we're kind of interested interested to see with it so i think a lot of that hinges on the tournament if i if i had to put a guess on it i would say wendell is the most most likely option to return out of the five starters right now but i think even he is kind of that i think that one's up in the air a little bit but I, I would say that if we want the season to pan out how we want it to, I think we need Wendell to turn himself into an NBA player in the last yeah. nine games that we have a possibility of playing. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Joey, I meant to ask this to, to you, Jack. Uh, coaching oversight, or was there a message sent by not keeping Joey? I don't think – I want to I want to preface this by saying that I don't think Joey would have made any difference whatsoever um, if he did play yesterday. No offense to him, but just kind of the way the game went, I don't think he makes any difference in terms of the, the, the result. But I think it is kind of shitty that he did not get a minute. Do you think it was an oversight or a message? I think it was a coaching decision, honestly. Like his his defense would have honestly, I think, made the game a little a little worse for Duke. Uh, because he would have been matched up against Manic or against Black, and he would have he would have been athletically outmatched or just on the perimeter. I think that would have been great if we had him matched up against Manic because he doesn't move his feet well on defense anyway. He probably would have stayed with him and not let him get those open threes he got. That's not a bad point, actually. That's that's a good point. You know what I mean? I feel like he would have shadowed him. Right. You you have, like, Wendell who's helping off on everybody. You have AJ who's helping off on everybody now, and that's leaving those shooters open. Like, somebody like Joey. And and the dude, like, again, the dude can shoot. Like, offensively, we had problems. We have a shooter on the floor. We are apt to kick it out to that guy in a lot of cases, especially when we do the thing where – we can't drive and we can't score so that we just throw the ball away to somebody. If he's there to catch it and he's open or he has at least got his feet set and not pump faking, that dude shoots, man. Like in the warmups before the game and during halftime, like he just doesn't miss. Like, but those shots he's taking in warmups are all he catches it and shoots it. He doesn't pump fake and tries to do some of the other stuff he does. So hopefully, I mean, clearly, if he's making the decision to come back, Shire has him in his plans. So right, right, right. You know, we'll right. see so, that moving forward. But maybe Shire's his advocate for this tournament. Like, hey, coach, like. Let's and then, like you said, maybe it was a message. Joey, we we you know we need help. We need somebody. Like, can you be a senior leader right now? That Kate does these leadership moments all the time. We've seen Joey Baker play before in the season. Suddenly, he wasn't. Like that is that is co- classic Coach K. So maybe it's time for Joey to do something in practice to step up and say, "Hey, I'm ready to do this." So I don't I don't know. 
Uh, I do want to finish him off. I didn't really plan on burning this guy up, uh, but Patrick Baldwin's dad, uh, I know this is going to shock everybody. <laughs> uh, he, he got fired. Yeah. Uh, like, give me a break. Uh, if you guys follow the recruit, recruitment of uh, Pat Baldwin, uh, it's actually kind of sad because he chose to go play for his dad over going to Duke. Totally get it. Uh, it it's one of those things where, okay, you know, his dad is going to get fired if his son doesn't commit to them. You know, he's a lottery pick. Uh, coming out of high school and, you know, one of the best shooters in the in the nation. So, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll keep your dad on one more year if, if he, you know, can bring his lottery pick son in to the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Uh, things went very, very poorly for uh, for the team. For for him personally, he got hurt. Uh, he played horribly. Um, do you guys, Jack, I'll start with you. Do you think he's still going to go to the NBA? He's, you know, late first round, early second round in a lot of the mocks. Or do you think that this is something that Shire might be like, yo, your dad's gone now. You can still make some uh, NIL money here. We have a place for you. Uh, who wouldn't want to have a guy that has a huge ship on his shoulder come in, restore <clears throat> restore your image, and you know, come play for us? I think he might still turn pro. He's obviously not going back to Milwaukee. But there's there's a chance that he doesn't go pro and enters the transfer portal. And if he does, I think Duke can jump on that. Easy. Yeah, I the the story the story makes sense. The story is cool. If if that happened, I it would be it would be weird for me to see that happen with him. But there's a possibility. Like they didn't announce that his dad's fired and then he's going straight pro. You know what I mean? Like his, right. his pro, you know, his pro decision hasn't been announced. So I think that's a big deal because this was somebody we're talking we're talking about somebody who was a top three pick and someone who could still be a top three pick in the right situation next year if he did play again in college basketball shire was his lead recruiter duke was the other school duke was was the it was the choice for the longest time and then suddenly it wasn't so i mean the the story makes sense i just i just don't see it happening in today's college basketball i I see him cutting his losses and leaving but yeah you know i mean but but the story makes sense and if he does like he, he he lost a lot of money by doing what he did and now he is he is a low first round pick and because of his injury, there's a chance he doesn't even get a chance to test right, you know, in the combine or for private workouts for teams because of that injury. And he is, again, I, I reiterate, and I hope you're listening, Pat Baldwin. He still could be a top three pick if he came, if he went to a school next year that could use his services and and he shows how talented he is because he's a six ten, awesome athlete, exceptional shooter, shooter, excuse me. And you know, he, he could really, he really could help himself by, by returning to college. That's one of those rare situations you can see somebody actually helping themselves return to college. So, yeah, yeah I, was, I, I was a huge fan of uh, Baldwin. I, I, I made no, yeah, I was, I made no uh, mistake about that when, you know, we were recruiting him. So if, yeah, if he's listening, uh, yeah, come to Duke and yeah. re- restore your image and we'll get you paid. Um, <laughs> all right. So <laughs> Play. Let's talk about that. Uh, you know, we, we still have basketball left, right? The season's not over, like Coach. Oh, said. it's not. I, it's not, I it's not right. Yeah, you, it, it, all it, the haters it, told me it's done. And it, yeah, they all said it's over. We have, two, we have two games left. Apparently, it's over um, because we're going to lose to uh, the the winner of Florida State and Syracuse. Apparently, uh, AC aptly put right down the ACC tournament mm-hmm. for us. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I like, I like the Dukes separate from Carolina. We're in separate sessions from Carolina right now, even. So 
the, the chances of having Carolina fans in the building and stuff, even though this team has played well on the road, they have played well in neutral sites, whatever. Like, I don't even want Carolina fans around us until we get to the final and play them. Spoiler alert. But this, our side of the bracket has teams that we do match up well against. Like, I, I think Syracuse is going to beat Florida State, for instance. I'd love to see Syracuse again. I, I don't think playing them a third time is going to be a problem, quite honestly. Miami, if they can get past Wake, is one that kind of worries me. Even Wake worries me a little bit in that semifinal, but I still think that we match up well against both of those teams. We proved it against Wake, and against Miami, we lost a close game, but I think we had a chance to do it over again and do some of the things that we were doing down the stretch of the season that made us really, really good. I don't, I don't think Miami's going to be much of a problem. So that leads us to, yes, I think we're going to beat Syracuse. I think we're going to beat Wake Forest because I think that's who's going to beat Miami. And then we're going to see UNC in the final again. It, it's setting up for that. We are going to see UNC in the final again. And if we do see them in the final again, it's going to be it, – it, I, 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 said it, I said it was going to be a bloodbath this last game, and it wasn't. But I, I think they played their Super Bowl. I don't think they have much more to play for now. Like, they're not, they're not worried about playing spoiler in this ACC championship. They're not hungry anymore either because now they're probably in the tournament. So I think we have a good chance to beat them in that final when we see them. Uh, yeah, I would disagree with you in terms of saying that they're not going to be hungry. I think that they're they're definitely going to be hungry to to spoil this opportunity for us to win a, a ACC tournament for K as well. And you know, AC talked about it. Sorry, Jack, I'm going to get to you in a second here, but I wanted to bring something up that we sent offline uh, about Duke and Carolina. These these guys, it's, it's nice to see. I, I enjoy it. You talked about you know Caleb Wong and Baycott, you know how awful they are on Twitter, mm-hmm. but you like it for the rivalry. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I love I love the hate, man. The the carewell thing, like some, you know, opposing fans, are, you know, call it classless or whatever else. And, you know, even, there's some even some fans who are like, it's the most classless thing I've ever seen and stuff. It's like, oh, ever? Like, ever? <laughs> I, I love it, personally. Like, I loved after the Andre Buckner and Matt Doherty fracas that happened oh, yeah. in, like, 2003 when Johnny Dawkins yeah. wouldn't shake hands with Matt Doherty after that. I, I love that to death man that that was an awesome moment because i was like yeah we hate like we as fans hate each other so much why do we want each other to shake hands and hug after every game and so no thank you no thank you they baycott and love as players have helped bring back the rivalry from the player standpoint i think theo john has helped on the duke side with that jeremy roach and trevor a little bit like they were barking everybody was barking all game like i love that man like that is that is what you want to see out of competitors so yeah no i'm I'm glad that rivalry's back and yeah, no, I hope it is. I'm sure it will be a competitive ACC championship game. I still think we're going to win by double digits, but I hope it's competitive. Yeah, okay, Jack. So how do you see us specifically and, you know, the overall tournament going? I mean, Duke has to win. I don't I don't think it'll be much trouble, especially if Syracuse does beat Florida State. That's going to give Duke a huge momentum push because, you know, winning by 20 and 25 against Syracuse in those two games is awesome. Winning even if it's Florida State. Florida State, Duke won eighty-eight to seventy in their most recent matchup. That's yeah, not they, that's they, not big issue. Not to mention that was out. the first time that we've played them this year with a healthy team. Right, and it does not behoove Florida State to keep playing more and more games because they they have the smallest bench right now. Yeah, they're gassed. They're straight up gassed. They they're down like four or five guys. Yeah, it's not I, good I, for them. And then I do think it's going to be. I think it's just going to be interesting bracket uh, overall. Miami, a team to look out for, obviously, uh, after that loss uh, in early January. Wow, it was a while ago. It's kind of crazy. It's March now. <laughs> Just a little side comment. And then Carolina in the final. Give me that. 
Just give me that. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be Notre Dame. Notre Dame did beat Carolina, but Duke also beat Notre Dame, beat the wheels off Notre Dame defensively. I don't think it's going to – I don't think it's going to be close. I think Duke's going to have uh, – there's not going to be any more, like, emotion. Not going to be the weight of the world on these players' shoulders if they if they get UNC in the final again, and they're going to have something – they're going to have some bulletin board material. Yeah, I, I think that for this team specifically – it's going to go one of two ways. We always talk about pressure, you know, when, when you have that, that rock, you know, like the Triple H quote, AC, you know, <laughs> what does pressure do? It can either, you know, cause you to crumble or turn you into the diamond that you always hoped it to be. And I think for Duke, what does last night's loss do to this team? Mm-hmm. Does it make you hungrier or do you crumble? And we're going to find out real quick. Uh, noon, we're probably going to play Syracuse, I agree. I think we're going to play Miami. <clears throat> and that that's been a chance for us to to avenge a, a loss. And to be honest with you, uh, while I disagree with AC in terms of his initial you know comments about Carolina not being as hungry, I think they will be. But I think Virginia is actually going to beat them. So I actually going to have Duke versus Virginia in the championship. I think Virginia is going to play Virginia Tech. I think Virginia Tech is going to beat Notre Dame. Tech is going to be um, hungry because they have to win. They have yeah. Tech, Tech and they're one to of those first four out semifinal to make. Yeah, yeah, because they just lost yeah. to Clemson, so they got to at least make it to the semifinal. They even yeah. have a shot at the bubble now. Yep. So I think we're going to have either Virginia or Virginia Tech. I'm, I'm probably going to say it's going to be Virginia. So mm-hmm. I think Duke plays Virginia in a um, another barn burner game, uh, but I think Duke finds a way to pull it out. You know, there's no way in the world, right? that Clark can do that again. Um, so, but then again, you know, man, did just do a five for 10. So who the hell knows? But I'm, I'm very interested to see what this Duke team does. How do they respond? Do they take this, learn from it and realize how hungry they need to be and go out there and do what's necessary to win the ACC tournament? I think that they will. Less rebound, that means the players, that means the coaching staff, and God almighty, that means the fan base. Let's pick ourselves up and let's support these guys. Go Duke. Positive vibes, baby. Let's go Duke. Let's go Duke. Thank you for tuning in to the 5 Point Play Podcast, the number one Duke fans podcast. Check us out at Instagram at 5 Point Play Podcast. That's the number 5 Point Play Podcast. And on Twitter. Five Point Play Podcast. Go Duke!